Here's what's coming up on today's show. Think of it like, uh, Ben, I don't know, do you bowl at all? You ever you ever been bowling? Yeah, I have. It's like bumpers, okay? okay. You know, it's not going to guarantee you a strike every time, but it'll keep you from throwing a gutter ball. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Glad to have you back on Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George. He is Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and the owner of Rosenbauer Law Office there in Westchester and serving that greater Cincinnati area. Nick, got a good show today. Um, I'm I'm curious, kind of your, I want to get a little background on what we're talking today because you you saw the title, What Happens When the First Spouse Dies. I know there's a false sense of security for a lot of people knowing that, hey, you know, my stuff will just be left to my spouse, right? But why do you feel like this topic's important? Uh, well, a couple of reasons. One, um, I, and this sounds cliche, but things are not always what they seem. So there are some times where, you know, it doesn't go the way you think it does. And, and frankly, you know, you end up with a very unpleasant surprise after the fact uh, when it's kind of too late for multiple reasons. You know, I've had people where they wanted to leave something directly to the kids and, you know, kind of, you know, the spouse basically took over um, by circumstances. And I've had other times where they say, I want everything to go to my spouse. Um, and you can get into a situation where the spouse doesn't end up uh, with everything where, I mean, Ben, imagine, you know, a situation for you, you say you pass away tomorrow. Did you want to disinherit your wife? Right? Of course not. Uh, but I've had things where that happens. And then also there's different things that you have to think about with, uh, with, with husband and wife who are married, uh, that don't apply you know, pretty much for any other circumstance. So we got a couple of unique things here. Um, and then I've had plenty of situations we'll talk about where, you know, someone says, hey, this wasn't a big deal uh, when my wife died or when my husband died. And then they just kind of assume it will go the same way when, you know, when they pass away. Uh, and that's definitely not the case. It's like the calm before the storm. Uh, and I've had a whole lot of people who you know, like you said, get this false sense of security. They think, oh, this won't be a big deal when really it is. And also, you know, the circumstances when both of you are alive and just wanting the survivor to keep everything are completely different than when, you know, your wife's gone, you're alive, and then after you die and you want to leave money to the family. Mm -hmm. Those are apples and oranges, um, even though it doesn't seem like it. So I want to talk about some of the differences there and some of the things to, you know, to look out for um, and understand that, hey, just because it went this way uh, when my wife died, that does not mean, you know, that movie script is going to look the same after I'm gone. Right. All right. That's the plan today. Again, if you have questions about what we discuss on the show, if you have, you know, you want to sit down and go through your estate plan to see if you're in good shape with, uh, with your spouse in whatever situation you might be in, or you just want to get that plan started. Again, the best place to start 
CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. Again, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. There's a uh, link right there on the front to schedule a call with Nick. It's right there. The button's easy to find on the front of the website, plus all of our podcasts are up there and some other great resources too, too if you're just kind of looking to learn more about estate planning and, and, and kind of understand some more of the strategies behind what you're trying to accomplish. So again, it's all right there online, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. All right, let's jump into this, uh, Nick, a little bit and kind of flush it out some more. So trying to determine, you know, what happens with the assets. Let's kind of go through this. Um, I guess you've got a list of, of five different uh, things here. Let's start with joint ownership. Right. And, and think of it, you know, as, you know, we're at a fork in the road and they're, you know, which way are we going to turn mm-hmm. uh, as far as, you know, what happens with this asset or account when spouse one passes away? Um, so the first one you, you mentioned, of course, is joint ownership. Uh, it's very common. Uh, between spouses. So, you know, if you and your wife are joint owners on the house or a car or a bank account, et cetera, um, you know, so if my checking account says Nick Rosenbauer and Alicia Rosenbauer, then the way that normally works out is even when one of us passes away, the survivor, uh, you know, remains the owner. Okay. So it's not as if if I die tomorrow, my wife suddenly loses her uh, loses the bank account because it was also hers and always is. Um, so they're not required to go through any proceedings or probate or anything like that because it's still theirs. Now, um, this only works uh, if the joint ownership includes you know, survivorship rights. Um, so basically what that means is, and frankly, it's exactly how it sounds, but uh, as long as the it specifically means if one of us dies, the survivor of the two of us continues to be the owner, you know, without any problems, um, then if that's the case, that will that will happen. And Ben, I wouldn't even call that an inheritance per se, okay. because it was my wife's bank account all along. Uh, just like mine, you're really just taking my name off of it uh, if I die. Okay. Like okay. it's not as if she's inheriting it because it was always her account along with mine, but it was always her account to begin with. Okay. Makes sense. So that's the first one. What's next? Um, well, and we've talked a lot about this, uh, Ben, obviously on the show is, you know, beneficiary designations. So, um, you know, having something where there's only one owner. So let's say it's my IRA. And, you know, if I have my wife listed as the beneficiary um, and, and also a couple other phrases you may hear me use is, is POD, which is an acronym for payable on death or TOD which is an acronym for transfer on death, um, frankly, all three of those mean the same thing. So if there's some sort of arrangement like that, um, then you know when the owner dies, the asset gets turned over to the named uh, beneficiary. Now, again, assuming you know, the beneficiary is also alive and eligible to receive. And you know, people can you know, kind of get away unscathed uh, in situations like this because, you know, Ben, it's always natural uh, if you're setting up an account that's only in your name and they ask for a beneficiary, wouldn't you by by default almost always name your spouse, you know, in 99% of the circumstances? So right. um, we don't see a lot of circumstances where a spouse is not named uh, as a beneficiary. Uh, now, of course, assuming you were married when it happened, if this was a an, an IRA you set up, you know, the day you graduated from college and you weren't named yet, uh, excuse me, you weren't married yet, you know, might name your parents uh, or something like that uh, at that point. But um, usually when there's a married couple, 
not always, but usually um, just kind of as a, as a default, they'll name the spouse as the beneficiary. So usually that allows that to be taken care of pretty easy. Okay, makes sense. Uh, the next one we have on our list, uh, the de- default beneficiary designations, right? Well, there are certain situations and, and every state is different. And frankly, every you know, every institution is different on this. Um, mostly, and Ben, you and I are never going to get a pension. Uh, obviously, like our parents or our grandparents may have had access to those days are certainly gone um, in most cases. Um, but there's certain things, you know, like old pensions or retirement plans um, that may have a default beneficiary designation. So there's, I, I've run across pensions that automatically pay to the surviving spouse if the person was married. So you don't even set up a beneficiary. It's just something that says if you die, it automatically pays uh, to your spouse or your spouse gets to keep making, uh, receiving you know, pension pension payouts or something like that. Um, so sometimes that just happens as a default. Now that's not like a state thing, uh, specifically at least around here. That is very company or pension specific. So you got to be very okay. careful about that. And then also some states, and Ohio is one of them, that allow um, if my wife dies tomorrow, you know, she would have the ability to transfer. Uh, you know, a couple vehicles if they're only titled in my name directly to her just by going to the title agency with my death certificate. Um, so that's kind of a, it, it's basically like a parachute, so to speak. But again, that's very state specific. Um, it only applies to certain things. So this is not the most common thing, but I think it's something worth mentioning. We still see it. Um, now, Ben, you know, if someone's listening to our podcast 50 years from now, um, they'll say, what the heck is a pension? Okay. You know, my, my gut says that won't be a thing anymore, but we see it enough uh, even today that it's at least worth bringing up. Okay. Well, then, of course, there's the estate plan, right? The estate plan off always will determine what happens with the assets if it's been properly set up. Well, and this is obviously the best way to do it. Um, not that I'm biased or anything, um, but if someone has a proper plan set up, you know, then the terms of that plan... Uh, of course, will dictate you know what happens to the accounts or the assets. Um, and obviously, we've, we've spent a number of different shows talking about the options there. Um, like my wife and I, we have a trust set up, and you know it says if I die, uh, my wife still owns everything, you know, and she is still the controller and owner of the trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, my estate plan would would govern what happens at that point. And again. You know, if they have an estate plan, obviously, uh, it would, you know, it it would be the uh, the play caller, so to speak, for what happens. Okay, and the final way that these things are determined, obviously, are through state law, which is going to be different depending on where you live. Yeah, that's that's true, and and obviously, you know, the the backup default. Um, well, I don't know about default, but the, the the backup plan, so to speak, that we've talked about on the show a number of times, if someone passes away and doesn't have any arrangements. Um, then, then your state's, you know, inheritance and probate laws will determine the inheritance plan as a backup. Again, we've you know we've spent multiple shows talking about while it's not good to just rely on the state you live in to write your will. It's usually better to, to set something up on your own. Usually, this will default to an inheritance for the surviving spouse, uh, but not always, Ben. Um, and it is state specific, but a lot of states include partial protections or payouts 
if there are children of the deceased spouse who are not joint children. Okay, so if you have like stepchildren or blended families. And the thinking behind this, you know, let's say I have two kids from a previous relationship and then I die. If everything went to my wife, you know, there's a good chance when she passes away, you know, she may say, leave it all to our joint kids and Nick's, you know, two kids from a previous relationship. They don't talk to me. They're evil, you know, et cetera. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and so you have situations where if someone dies and has children that are not joint children, you know, and there's like mathematical formulas for this, which is kind of funny, um, you know, but the, but the, the, the separate children of the deceased spouse uh, by default may receive some sort of an inheritance. So, you know, theoretically, if I died tomorrow in that circumstance, my wife, you know, would have to give some of my money to my separate kids. So I couldn't even, I wouldn't even all go to my wife uh, if that's the, if that's the circumstance. Gotcha. Okay. So those are the ways that we determine what happens with the assets. Now, there are special circumstances with the death, death of the spouse that you kind of touched on and alluded to at the beginning of the show. So let's kind of run through some of those. Yeah, and I and I think a lot of this kind of ties in with, um, you know, we we've already touched on a lot of this, but obviously joint ownership of assets, very common with married couples, very uncommon otherwise. Um, you know, so you know my my house is not co-owned by myself and both of my kids, right? But it is co-owned with my wife. Um, assuming this is set up with the survivorship rights that we talked about. Mm-hmm. then the surviving spouse will have no trouble with those, obviously, because, you know, it's still their house and their account as well. And, you know, usually that's like a get-out-of-jail-free card, at least for that. And let's see what else. Obviously, we have, you know, those pensions and those kind of default exceptions that we talked about, you know, where it like automatically defaults to the spouse. Um, you don't see a lot of that for anyone other than the spouse. Once in a while, you'll see equal shares to the kids as a backup, but not usually. Usually the only pre-written in version of that, so to speak, that you'll see is the spouse. So those defaults you know, that we talked about, um, the spouse has that luxury where no one else does. And then obviously, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call this a special exception, because you know everyone should have their beneficiaries properly set up, um, but I I rarely see instances where someone is married and the spouse is not named as a beneficiary, just because it's natural to do. Like Ben, I'm assuming if you went to set up a, a retirement account tomorrow, you would you know and they asked for your beneficiary, you'd probably put your wife just because right. you're married, right? Um, yeah. It is a lot less common to have the kids listed there or whomever you want to as a backup. Okay, so I see a lot of times where the beneficiaries aren't set up properly. It's usually not an issue with the spouse, um, but there's a lot of times where kids or grandkids or whomever you want to be the beneficiary is missing. And let's see what else. Kind of the, the last thing is, you know, like I mentioned in Ohio, it's one of them where we have that get out of jail free card for vehicles. Um, So, you know, you're allowed to transfer the vehicle that's owned by someone to a spouse, assuming the spouse is obviously still living, but that does not fly uh, for kids, grandkids, or anyone but the spouse. So we have, 
you know, it, it's not a, a complete fail safe, but I, I think of it like, uh, Ben, I don't know. Do you bowl at all? You ever, you ever been bowling? Yeah, I have. It's like bumpers. Okay. okay. You know, it's not going to guarantee you a strike every time, but it'll keep you from throwing a gutter ball. Okay. Uh, is kind of is yeah. kind of the analogy that 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 pops into my mind. So it's better than nothing, but it is not guaranteeing you a three hundred game. So those are things there that are kind of present when we still have a surviving spouse. That when you don't, and we just have kids or grandkids or whomever, all of that goes away. Gotcha. All right. So let's kind of conclude then wrap it up with with this false sense of security that you might have. And you know, there's obviously a lot of things you can do. To, to minimize these issues when a spouse passes away, but you, you just can't take it for granted for a number of reasons, right? Yeah, bingo. Um, and, 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 and exactly, like going back to the analogy here, you know, just because I'm not going to get a gutter ball uh, in bowling does not mean I'm going to bowl a good game. And, and you still want to try and hit that, uh, uh, you want to hit the pocket there, you know, to get the strikes and things like that. So a couple things as far as, you know, weaknesses or, or chinks in the armor, um, one, this doesn't do you any good for illness, incapacity, you know, taking care of either spouse while they're alive. Um, you know, so just because my wife is named as the beneficiary on my IRA, that does not allow her to help me out if I had a stroke. Okay. So that's a totally different thing. Um, it's also not guaranteed, you know, like we talked about, it almost relies on, I guess, some dumb luck. You know, so so many assets, accounts, et cetera, are still going to require good planning, you know, to avoid issues. Um, and obviously, you can see what happens if it's done wrong. Okay. So if you have, you know, a situation with stepchildren or, you know, something like that, um, you don't want to run into a situation where, like, if I die, my kids are fighting against my wife for money. And then, you know, what's my wife do? Does she have to buy the house out from the kids or something like that? Um, you know, so it, it's not a fail safe. It doesn't get everything. Um, and, and it can go south in a hurry if it's not done right. And then, Ben, something that I alluded to earlier, you know, some old, anything being old or out of date can cause a problem. Okay. So that IRA that you set up when you were 22, um, you know, it's your first job. You probably didn't name your wife because you weren't married. So mm -hmm. who would you have probably named at that point? I would have named my parents. Right. Um, you Simply know, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've and, and I've had that happen. Uh, I've actually had that happen where someone, you know, there's an old life insurance policy or an old 401k through work, you know, when the person passes away in their 60s and they just never got around to changing it because it wasn't a big deal. And, you know, I've had to probate things, you know, and, and, you know, of course the person's parents are gone. Um, and so I'm trying to hunt down death certificates of people who died 40 years ago. Um, you know, so that can be bad. Uh, and then also, you know, Ben, what if, what if you get divorced, uh, and, and remarried and, and your ex-wife is, is still listed as the beneficiary. You never change that. Okay, so you can you can kind of see where this could go south if it's not done properly. And then obviously the other piece of this doesn't do you any good when the second spouse passes away. Because when I die, my wife can still be owner of the bank account, but that doesn't do us any good when she dies too. Okay, so it's incomplete and it's risky. Gotcha.
All right. Well, this kind of gives you a sense of some things that you need to be thinking through and to make sure you have a plan in order. That's always the best uh, course of action is to make sure you sit down with an attorney that does this all the time um, and has expertise in this area can help you build out a plan to make sure everything is accounted for and goes to the person that you want it to. Right. And there's not these hangups and these headaches for your family when you pass. So again, start off by visiting CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can get in touch with Nick. Just hit the button on his website to schedule a call with him. He'll be happy to sit down and go through this with you and, and begin kind of talking through some of these arrangements. So uh, always good, Nick, to kind of go through this and, and point out some of these these areas where people might have a, a false sense of security. And it's important that we know and are aware of some things that could go wrong when you least expect them. Yeah, bingo. You're exactly right. You know, an educated you know, an, an educated family, you know, that's, that gives them the best chance of success. You know, I, you know, when you know what the risks are and what you can and can't do and what happens if you, if you don't do it, then at least you can make an informed decision. I don't like surprises right. in this type of work. So you're exactly right. It's good to at least know what you're dealing with, what, you know, what you're up against, so to speak. That's the first step to coming up with the, the right playbook or the right plan to set it up. Very good. Well, again, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com is the website. Phone number for Nick is 513-463-6789. All right. Thank you for listening to Complete Estate Planning. For Nick Rosenbauer, I am Ben George. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.